Thanks, Kate. Okay, hello everyone. I won't introduce myself again because it gets very confusing with all the Kates. But um, yeah, for those of you that I don't know, it's really nice to meet you. I'm a part of this church. I come here and um, yeah, you get to listen to me now for the next little while. So I'm actually going to start with a story before I go through our notes. And I was really, really pleased of all the topics that Kate and Rich could have asked me to teach. I was really pleased that they asked me to teach Strongholds because I knew it was one that I could teach from the heart. I knew it was one that I could teach from, um, you know, that passion that can come when God's done something in your life for you and you, you desperately want to communicate that to others and say, this isn't just for me, you know, this is for all of us. My story is your story. So that's what I really pray that God does through this. And... One of my first experiences of God setting me free from a stronghold happened about two years ago. So I, I didn't know it was a stronghold. I'd never heard of the five R's, hadn't heard of living free. But, you know, God doesn't need to wait for that to set us free. So um, I'd been at a conference and at the end of this conference, we were encouraged to say to God, like, God, what? Um, ask him to help us with something at the very end. Say, God, please help me with this. And... This particular season in my life, they said it and I remember thinking, well, I don't actually know where to begin. <laughs> I can't ask God to help me with one thing. There's too much. Um, God, you're going to have to tell me what you want to help me with because I feel overwhelmed and I'm stressed out. And at the time, uh, my dad was in hospital and he was really ill and I remember thinking, well, it's going to be that. Of course God's going to want to help me with that. Why wouldn't he? So I said the prayer, like, God, what do you want to help me with? And... Really quickly, I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, you're always fearful. You're always fearful. And it's like a thread that runs through your entire life. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that wasn't what I was expecting. And um, I think if I'm really honest, my first thought was, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not God. <laughs> and, um, you know, I worry quite a lot most of the time. But everyone, you know, that's just life. That's just how we have to live, isn't it? We all worry. And um, so I probably wrestled with God a little bit in that moment. And I, I, as I did that, as I sat in my seat and did that, I felt like I, the Holy Spirit gave me a video reel of, of me in my life being constantly fearful, <laughs> like these little flashing images. And I was like, oh, I thought that was just normal. And God was like, no, you're living in fear. So I stopped arguing with God. I said, okay. And, um, yeah, God, you're right. Yeah, I'm fearful. Why I felt the need to argue with God about it, I don't know. Why I didn't just accept it when he said it straight away, but I didn't. So, um, so the next day, I told a friend. And the reason that my housemate can vouch that I live this stuff is because she gets dragged into living it with me <laughs> a lot of the time. So the friend that I told was Kate. And, um, and she, you know, she, she lived this stuff. She said, let's pray about it now. I was like, oh, really? Now we don't have to build up to it and, you know, book us a lot? She's like, no, do you want to live with fear? I said, no, right, let's pray. So we prayed, and to begin with, I prayed and asked God to show me. So God had told me there was a thread of fear. I was asking God, well, well where? How does that look in my life then, God? So if you think about the five R's, I was at the recognising stage. So I was starting to recognise, oh, yeah, I've got a lot of fear. And then I was asking God to help me recognise more. Like, how does that fear play out in my life? And um, 
God gave me quite a long list. I haven't written it all because we haven't got time. <laughs> but here's a few of the things I was, and I don't just, I mean, really fearful about. My dad, my mum, my brother, my grandma, my finances, my uni studies, my time, what other people thought of me, what was going to happen to me when I was old, my pension, speaking in front of others. That was just a few. So I spent quite a lot of time, you know, worrying about things that are, you know, a long time away and feeling really fearful about them. So I was recognising, I'm recognising, yeah, okay, yes, I've got fear. So I prayed and I asked God to show me, what, what do I do, God, as a result of this fear? What's my sin reactions to this fear? Because, you know, I've found, I've found coping mechanisms, I've found ways to cope with this fear and they're not going to be of God. So I asked God to show me so that I could repent Show me what I've done in response. What's been my part? Maybe not always deliberate, sometimes deliberate, but um, it wasn't God's way for me to cope. It wasn't his plan, so I needed to own it and say sorry. And so God showed me three main things that I use to cope with fear. Alcohol, I use that a lot, especially in social situations, so I was nervous and fearful. Sometimes not social situations, sometimes I was just using it. Sometimes withdrawing, backing out, isolating, thinking, I'm, I just can't go, I'm not going to do it. Um, and worry, like my mind being like a washing machine, you know, just constant worry, not at peace. So, yeah, I said sorry, I repented of those things, and I received God's forgiveness in that moment. And I felt so, just, just even up to that stage, so set free, like receiving God's forgiveness is such a powerful thing. So, next we prayed, and I thought, well, God didn't create me to be afraid. He didn't make me to have fear. So, God, how has this happened? Like, how have I got fear in my life? Because I'm living with the fruit. I'm, I'm seeing the fruit of it. But where's the root? Where did that fear come from? So, the amazing thing with the Holy Spirit is that he shows us things. He gives us revelation of things that we have no idea about. And I don't know if any of you try and do this, but I think that I so often I, I put God in a bit of a box and I assume that I know what God's going to do. So as we sat down to pray and say to God, well, where, where did this start? I thought, well, you know, I think I know. I, you know, I thought my dad had had an accident when I was a little girl and I thought, I, I bet it comes from that. I bet that's where my fear comes from. But the Holy Spirit is so amazing. He can unlock our subconscious. He can show us things that we're not even aware of. So... The Holy Spirit showed me a memory from when I was a little girl, about 11 years old. And me and my best friend at school at the time, we, we suddenly weren't allowed to be friends anymore. It was like an overnight severing of a really significant friendship for me as a little girl. And it's something I never, ever thought about. I'd completely forgotten about as a woman in my 30s. I never thought about what happened when I was 11. And um, the Holy Spirit showed it to me. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. For 11-year-old Katie, that was probably quite a big deal. And um, I, I remember that I was really lost after that friendship ended. Like, we were really inseparable. We did everything together, and I felt really lost. So I prayed and asked God, well, how did that make me feel, that 11-year-old Katie? What, what would have come into her at that time as, that, as she went through that experience? And God, like, just gave me these words that started pouring out my mouth, which I had no idea I felt... And the words were grief, insecurity, fear, rejection, and confusion. And I was like, oh, 
yeah, that kind of sums up how I feel today most of the time. I was like, ah, okay. And I think, you know, we can sometimes be quite vulnerable when we're children to things because we're so busy doing, we're not analysing, we're not thinking about, how oh, how's that impacting me? We're just in it and we live in the moment more as children. So we don't always realise how much of an impact things have had on us. And that is what happened to me. So, so I knew when fear had come into my life, fear had become my friend at 11 and I was still living with it. And in 1 Peter 5, verse 6, it says, the devil prowls around like a lion looking for a victim to devour. And I really felt like, yeah, that's what happened to me. During a really difficult time, the enemy often takes advantage. And that's what happened in that moment. So back to the five R's. I rebuked fear. I told fear I didn't want it to be my friend anymore. I didn't want it in my life anymore. And, um, yeah, told the devil to take his claws out of my life. And in that moment, I'd broken my agreement with fear. Like, so quite often we talk about the enemy being a legalist, like if he's got a legal right to be there. But by repenting of my part, my reactions, and telling fear to go, I broke that agreement. And so fear's got no right anymore. And... You know, in some senses, it was as simple as that. It's not as simple as that because it's God and he's amazing, but it wasn't some, you know, it's not some big mystery. We break this agreement and he's got no choice. And um, so then we want to replace. So I've got rid of fear and we're back to the five R's, which again, I didn't know I was doing, but we want to replace that fear, okay? We don't want to just leave ourselves vulnerable. We want to say, well, God, what's your truth then? If it's not fear, what do you want to say to me? So... Um, I want to encourage you about the different ways that God speaks to us because I asked God what his truth was and I got a picture of um, me holding God's hand and I think I thought, oh, that's nice. Thanks, God. That's a comforting picture. <laughs> and um, I've had to work on my attitude a bit, <laughs> as you can tell. And, and I didn't really think anything more of it, but actually the Holy Spirit uses so many different ways to communicate messages to us. And when I looked up like in the Bible and the image of God holding our hand, it showed me Isaiah 41. And Isaiah 41, and God just spoke directly to me using something simple was a picture. In Isaiah 41, it says, I've called you back from the ends of the earth so you can serve me. For I have chosen you and will not throw you away. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. And I was like, oh, that's God's truth for me. That was God's truth for 11-year-old me. That was how he always intended it to be. And the amazing thing is when we, like when we come to God, when we come into relationship with him, the wrongs can get righted. And the way God always planned it to be comes into fruition because he is greater than our past. He can take the things of our past and transform them and, and put it right how, how God planned for it to be. So that was my truth. As a child of God, that was my truth, that he was with me, that he was strengthening me, and that I need not be afraid. And I was so thankful to God. I, I felt an instant change, actually. I knew that something really significant had taken place in that moment. I knew that a spiritual transaction had taken place that only God could do. But it was so exciting when I started to see like the reality of it. So the very next day, I went into uni and um, at the end of a lecture in quite a bus 
quite a big lecture room. They asked if anyone had any questions. And before I knew it, I had shot my hand up and asked a question. And it was almost like I was watching myself, you know, from the balcony almost down. And I was like, oh, I've just asked a question. I would never have asked a question. Or if I had, I'd have sat there thinking, ask the question, ask the question, come on. Or I'd have gone up at the end and said, oh, I have got a question, actually, and waited till the whole room had cleared and there was no one around. And I was like... I'm not afraid, I can ask a question. And I was like, oh my goodness, God, like, I've been set free of fear. And I can honestly say that life hasn't been the same from that day forward. And do you know what? It does knock sometimes what you might find. Sometimes the things that God sets us free of, old habits, we've got some really significant old habits. And also, sometimes our old friend comes to knock and says, you know, you sure you don't want to be friends anymore? So that replacing step, that, that, that's a lifetime thing. That's not a one-off. I've got my Isaiah 41 on my bedroom wall. And when fear knocks and asks if I want to come out to play, I, I replace yet again and say no. So if, if after you, you, know, you deal with strongholds in your life, they knock again, it doesn't mean that God hasn't set you free. It's just that we need to exercise our authority and say, uh-uh. So, yeah, and what I really found as well is my faith just soared in that moment. You know when you, we hear these words about God like, Father, heart of God, intimacy with God. And sometimes they, I feel like they're head knowledge sometimes for me. And in that moment, I, it was heart knowledge because I'd experienced it for myself with my Heavenly Father. And it completely changed my relationship with God. I, almost, you know, when uh, I believe that God is real, but I remember in my bedroom that night being like, God is actually real. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I knew it, but I knew it that I knew it that I knew it because. He touched me in my heart personally. And I remind myself of my testimony of what God's done for me. You know, it was two years ago, but I remind myself, like, God, you are good. You did that for me. And I'm so thankful. So, yeah, so that was one of my first experiences with um, a stronghold. And God set me free. And now I'm going to move to the notes. (laughs) So, um, if you want to look at page one. Okay, so hopefully a lot of this now I will have kind of gone through, but we want to say, so what is a stronghold and how does it impact us? So many of you will have had your original design prayer by now, and um, we believe by faith that through the people praying for us, God has spoken, he has talked about his original design of how he planned us to be. And some of you might have not recognised yourselves in your original designs, or you might have thought, well... I'd really like to be like that. Yeah, you know, I'd love to, but I I can't, you know, for various reasons. So what we want to say is, like, is there anything that is a stronghold in our lives that is coming against God's will for us, that is stopping us fulfilling that original design? And some of our strongholds we're aware of, some of them we we might start to think, oh, yeah, actually, I can recognise that. But others, we've got no idea. I had no idea about the fear one. So that's why we're going to say to God in those times, like, God, is there anything that is stopping me from being all you created me to be. And that's a prayer that God loves to answer, loves to answer. In Ephesians, it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We're in a battle. We're in a battle. The Bible teaches us that we're in a spiritual battle. And... And Satan will come against our destiny in Jesus because he doesn't want us to fulfill it. And so often, so often, 
in my experience and what I've seen in others' lives, a stronghold is directly opposing to our original design. So after I'd had freedom from fear, I went to a course called um, Jesus Ministries, which is what this Living Free comes out of. And all my original design appointments, I, I got, oh, God says that you, you're a teacher. Well, there is no way that I would stand up here in front of you if I had fear. I wouldn't teach. So, you know, you just... Yeah, God is good, but, yeah, those things that you just come in, so often we're the opposite. Just like the lie is the opposite of the truth. Those things that hold us back, quite often it's because we're the opposite. And we, we, we believe things that are not true. So, page two. Types of strongholds and how they can look in our lives. So... Um, I think that strongholds can take different forms in our lives, and these are three forms that I think they often take. So, yeah, Lord God, I just pray that as we go through these now, that you would be showing us the things in our lives that are impacting us. I pray, Lord, yeah, Holy Spirit, would you come and just be revealing lies that we believe and, and sin patterns and, and where the demonic has a hold over us. Just pray for your revelation, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. So the first one, beliefs or lies. So things like, I'm not good enough, nothing good will ever happen in my life, nobody likes me. Things that can feel really true, actually. And sometimes it can take someone else or God pointing out that it's not the truth for us to realise. Um, because they feel true to us, but they're not the truth. So beliefs or lies, sin patterns. So it's those coping strategies that we use in response to the things that have happened to us, but they're not how God wants us to cope. Quite often they're the plasters that we stick over the wounds to try and block it out. So things like addictions, rage, bitterness, withdrawing, isolating. Things that we use to block out the pain but we can get stuck in them. We can get stuck in those things, and before we know it, they become our friend because they're actually easing pain, and, and they start to whisper comfort to us because they're blocking out that thing that is really, what is really going on, that, that stronghold. And then the demonic, so spirits that have attached themselves to us and influence how we feel, think, behave, and often this is a result of something traumatic or upsetting that's happened to us. So maybe rejection from a relationship breakdown or something. And it can feel like no matter how hard we try not to be like it, it's almost like an invisible string. That, that's how I picture it in my mind, pulling us back. So for example, fear. I could tell myself over and over again, perfect love casts out fear. Perf you know, God loves me. I've got God's perfect love. It's almost like I'm building up and building myself up. But it's that string, when I try and step forward, it pulls me back. And, um, yeah, it, it, you know, no matter how much we try and work ourselves out of it in our own steam and our own strength, we see these things happening again and again. And so I think that that's really often when the, when the enemy's having an influence on us. So in John 10.10, 10 it says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, and my purpose is to give life in all of its fullness. God wants us to have abundant life. Yes. 
So we've got a list here at the bottom of page two. I'm not going to go through them all. These are some examples of strongholds. And I'd really encourage you, don't, don't sort of obsess over it. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you because, um, yeah, we, we want to look at what he's saying to us. So, yeah, just take some time, sit quietly with God. Maybe even now the Holy Spirit will make one just almost highlighted in your heart in this moment. And these are the sorts of things that we're going to be praying through, depending on what God highlights to us in our prayer sessions. Okay, page three. So, how do strongholds enter our lives? So, I've talked about what strongholds are, but, um, you know, we weren't made to have them. So, how did they get there? So, these are seven of we call them like access points, entry points, like how they come into our lives in the first place. And we want to ask God, like, what happened in my life that led to this happening and this stronghold operating? So, you know, why am I afraid? Why am I anxious? Why do I feel rejected? Why am I angry all the time? So it's, it's how did that happen? And there's seven access points. So I'm not going to have time to go through them all. Um, but what I'd really encourage you to do is use your home groups to go through them. Because I really believe that as we sit in our small groups, the Holy Spirit can give us more revelation about what these things are. And there are questions on the back, but I would encourage you not to get too caught up in them in your home groups and actually to spend some time going through the access points. Um, but it's really important that you guys have got all the biblical like foundations and understanding because it's not, it's not enough for me to just stand up here and say it is because it is. Like This stuff's biblical. And so we want to we wanna like equip ourselves with God's word of what he says about these things. So, yeah, I'm not going to go through all the notes, but the seven are our own sinful choices. So I've talked about that, like our reactions, the way that we cope with the stuff that's going on in our lives and our hurts. Love deprivation. So that is, we were all made for 100% God love. That is what God created us for. But we're brought up by humans, and they can't give us the 100% God love that we need because they're imperfect, and they're working out their own stuff. So it's looking at, okay, well, did that have an impact on me? Was there things that I was lacking in, in love? Some people call them our love tanks. Like, was there anything that's lacking that I'm living with the impact of now? So a lot of that goes back to like our childhood or our adolescent years and just seeing how that impacted us. So... That's, and there's, there's, a, there's a good description of it in your notes. So generational sin, those things that we see coming down through the generational lines in our families. Have you ever heard people say like, oh, you know, I'm just, I don't know why, you know, my dad was really angry and now I'm really angry. You know, oh, that's weird. Ah, like what Kate said, what's really going on here? Well, you know, we, we can inherit things through the generations that are good and we can inherit things through the generations that are not so good. So it's that chance to say, okay. And, you know, some of those families you might see with, for example, a lot of premature death. And you see that seems to happen through the generations and asking, well, what's really going on here? And so it's, it's breaking any, any generational sin, any generational curses. Word curses and lies. So I've talked about that quite a lot. So things that um, are spoken out about us, over us, that we speak over ourselves. Um, that are not true, that are negative, and we, we, we get bound to them. And it's just a case of like that string, cutting it, breaking it. Soul ties. 
So soul ties, that's people that we've had intimate connections with. So soul ties, through a soul tie can come good stuff and bad stuff. So people that we've had intimate friendships with, intimate relationships with, sexual relationships with, then we, we form a soul tie often without even realising it. And we're influenced. And we can be influenced even when that person's no longer in our lives. We can still be influenced by that soul tie with them. And the occult, so that's things like magic, fortune-telling, spiritism, if we've taken part in those things, then they can still have, a, um, have an impact on us because things have come into our lives as a result of those things. And then experiencing trauma, so shock, trauma, unexpected, so bereavement, um, relationship breakdown, sickness, bullying, accident traumatic things that can then make us vulnerable so from page three right you might be pleased to hear this right through to halfway down page 14 I'm not going to go through <laughs> they are for you to go away and have a look so if you want to turn to page 14 and I'm going to carry on I'm going to pick up from halfway down Everyone still with me? Everyone all right? <laughs> okay. So, there's a diagram here, which I can't take the credit for, but I really like. And it, it sort of looks at, well, how does an entry point become a stronghold? Because sometimes it helps to sort of put the pieces of the jigsaw together so that we can get a real picture of how these things happen. So, I'm going to um, use another example of something that God's done in my life. And I'm going to start at the bottom of the diagram and work my way up and see how each of those stages can happen. So I hope that it will help you as I go through it with me. So, and you know, as Kate said, working through strongholds, it's, it's a lifelong thing as a Christian. It's not a one-off thing. So this one for me was a major one, but it, it's not a one-time thing that I've, I've only ever worked through two strongholds. You know, I've, there's been others as they've crept up in my life. So these are the two biggest so it, the stronghold was rejection, so self-rejection, so rejecting myself, feeling self-loathing, um, yeah, just horrible thoughts towards myself, and then feeling rejected by others, so thinking, oh, nobody likes me, nobody wants me around, those kind of re rejection-fed thoughts. Yeah, Lord, I, I really pray about rejection. I feel like it is so used by the enemy. I just feel like even as I'm saying the words now, there's like a, a surge of reaction around the room in people's hearts of realising. Oh. And I just pray, Lord God, that you would yeah, just keep speaking to our hearts where we feel rejected, where we reject ourselves. And we're so used to living with it that it's become normal. I pray, Lord, that you would give us those video reels of the things we do out of feeling rejected or the things that we don't do for us personally, where you want to set us free. Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay, so number the first one, thoughts. So... Um, I'm a little bit embarrassed to tell you all this, but I did it yesterday, so I can tell you all as well. I'm sure you're just as nice. So, a few, about five years ago, before I was a Christian, 
um, I, I came to the end of a very significant relationship in my life. And it was a very unexpected end. I didn't expect the relationship to end. And as, as we broke up, um, I suppose I was quite shocked and I was probably sort of saying, oh, what is going on? Why are we breaking up? And he said to me, to be honest, Katie, life with you is very chaotic and exhausting. I can't do it anymore. And, um, you know, there probably was a little bit of truth in what he said, <laughs> the way I used to live my life before I was a Christian. But he said it, and it was really hurtful, but quite a lot of hurtful things went on around that time. So, you know, I, I didn't sort of nurse those words particularly because there was lots of other things to nurse. So I remember thinking, ow, that hurt, and then getting on with mopping up the mess of a long-term relationship finishing. So I forgot about those words. I didn't think any more about them. Um, but my emotional response, which is the second block, was I felt hurt, betrayed, rejected, shocked, grief. Like, how can someone that I really love say this to me? And, and break up with me. <laughs> and, yeah, so my emotions, all those things sort of welled up in my emotions. And then the next block, the decision and the actions, is I came into agreement with it in my heart, not realising, you know, I was talking earlier about God unlocking the subconscious. It was subconscious, but I came into agreement with, with that, what he had said to me, that life with you is chaotic and exhausting. And, and so my value as a result of that was it's better for people if I'm not there. So can you see the link? Like someone says something to us and it's like the picture that Rob did with the water. The water that I've spilt on myself because of what he said is it's better for people if I'm not there, my stuff. What he said wasn't very kind, but it was my glass of water that spilt. And so the style of life that came out of it is, so the fruit that I started to live with, not realising why, was I, I wanted to isolate, I wanted to hide. Because if I'm believing, deep down in my core, it's better for people if I'm not there, like, kind of makes sense now to me. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course you'd want to not be around people because you're protecting them. It's better for them if you're not there. So I joined this church, and I, I started trying to, like, um, join a home group and join in with things, and it was like I was walking through a brick wall. Like, it's just I wanted to, to hide. And I went to a, a women's home group, and I left halfway through and pretended I had a headache because I remember thinking, I can't sit here. I'm ruining it for everyone else. And... Um, I was sat in the corner saying nothing. I don't know how, you know, I probably did ruin it for everyone else by prancing out halfway through. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and no, I just remember getting in my car and thinking, oh, thank goodness. I didn't, I'd never heard of rejection. I wasn't thinking, oh, yeah, I'm rejected. I just thought, I need to not be in that room. And it, it so can you see the lie, the behaviour? And then I really believed there was, like, the demonic attachment there. So I prayed with my faithful prayer partner. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I broke the agreement and I, I said sorry I said sorry to God for, for isolating sorry for hiding sorry for believing that life was better for people if I wasn't there and I broke that agreement and I felt different again I could um, you know thankfully now I can help Kate lead a home group and not go and hide in the toilet while it's happening <laughs> it wouldn't have worked very well would it if it's all the women turned up, I was like, ah! So now I can live free from that. And I really, really thank God.
I don't know how Kate feels about it because she doesn't get rid of me now, but I can live free. And um, you know the thing, when I met up with him a year later, he couldn't remember that he'd even said it. You know, so often we live because the water and the people that we're not forgiving or knocked into us, they haven't got a clue, which is why we've got to take care of our side, our bit, because it's us that's living with the effects. Okay, so we're going to finish on some good news. <laughs> but God, page 15, God knows, God knew that this was gonna, we were going to deal with strongholds and he's given us exactly what we need. So in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 5 in the New Living Translation, it says, We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And I really love it in the message version which says, the world is unprincipled. It's dog eat dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair, but we don't live or fight battles in that way. Never have and never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they're for demolishing the entire massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every, obstruct every obstruction and building lives of obedience and maturity. Praise God. Our tools are ready at hand. God has given us what we need to live in freedom. So, Paul's telling us a few things in these verses. In case you weren't aware, we're humans. We, we live in the world, but he's saying, don't fight your battles against spiritual strongholds using your human nature. I don't know about any of you, I've tried it. <laughs> it gets me in a pickle every time. But through our new nature in Christ... That's how we fight. Our, that's how we're to fight our battles. It is our mighty God who pulls down the strongholds in our lives through His Word, Jesus' blood on the cross, and the name of Jesus. It's our part through prayer, in this case the five R's, and our agreement with and faith in the things that are listed above those three. Through the five R's, we break the legal hold the enemy has over us, and God's Spirit sets us free. Katie talked about this. God has given us the authority to use the things I've listed above to pull down strongholds, but it's God's power that pulls down the strongholds, not ours. That's why it's so important to own our bit. So I'm not going to go through the um, five R's because Rob did an amazing job of that, but that is the process that we're going to use in your stronghold prayer appointment to, to tear these things down. And and then we want to continue to live in freedom. So Katie talked about at the start today, it being a journey, living free. It's not a one-off, living. So once God's pulled down that stronghold in our lives, then we play our part. So we come against anything that is contrary to what God says. So like I was saying at the start, when that fear knocks and says, mm, really? It's, then I come against anything that is contrary to what God says. 
So going back to that verse 5 in 2 Corinthians 10, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So we can do that by taking our thoughts captive if they're not in agreement with what God says. Paul knows that many of our strongholds are established in our minds. Our thoughts are so powerful, whether they're good or bad. What we believe is so powerful. That is why the replacing step in the five R's is so important. We need to continue to live by the truth and keep replacing as we retrain our thinking habits. Some of them are a lifetime of wrong thinking and it took a long time to build those habits. So we need to retrain our thinking to the right habits. In Colossians 1.23 it says, but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. Continue to believe your truth and stand firmly in it. Joyce Meyer famously says, think about what you're thinking about. So those washing machine thoughts I always live with now, if they start again, I think, hang on, no, like, what am I doing? And I capture it. Okay, so there's some other ways that we can continue to live in freedom. <coughs> Get my glamorous assistant. So, a simple image to show, um, be intentional. So, when we're living with a stronghold, <laughs> we practiced this once yesterday. When we're living with a stronghold, it... Um, <laughs> It can feel like it's choking us, okay? And uh, so you go left, it comes with you. You go right, it comes with you. Do you think Kate's getting me back for uh, all the hours that I've demanded her? She prays with me. And, you know, what happens is it's God's power that breaks a stronghold. So in that moment, when we go in for our prayer, it's God's power that breaks stronghold. And, you know, we do our bit by saying, no, not having it anymore. I'm not having this stronghold in my life. And God does his bit. But so important if I am not intentional about stepping out of a stronghold then even though it's lost its power it's got no power over me anymore it's, it's going to still the impact of it will still be there so it's my bit is to step out of it and be intentional be really deliberate thank you thanks Kate so practice new habits I've just talked about that a lot behave in the opposite way to what the stronghold was so if you're used to behaving out of fear act in faith I spent a long time reminding myself do it afraid <laughs> the opposite of fear faith be accountable to someone share with someone what's going on what you're working on and they can say how are you doing with that how's it going continue to feed yourself on God's truth put it somewhere where you can see it put it somewhere where it's going to nourish you food doesn't nourish us when it sits in the fridge <laughs> it's only when we take it out and eat it Write down what God's done for you through your stronghold prayer and refer back to it. It did me so much good to prepare for this talk and just remind myself of God's goodness in my life. And put yourself in the way of people and things that do you good. You're all here. So you're hungry. You're putting yourself in the way of things and people that do you good. And then ask what Katie said at the start. What's really going on here when things happen in our lives? If this is contrary to, the, to God's word and God's will, then what's really going on? So strongholds are not something for us to fear. They're not to bring us condemnation. 
It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And God so wants us to live the abundant life that he has planned for us. God is a God of abundance and there is always more. Wherever you are at today, there is more. However long you have been a Christian, there is more. Your future doesn't have to be dominated by your past hurts. Freeing us from the things that hold us back is another example of God's love for us. I'm just going to finish by reading what I felt was God's word to us just about this topic. And then we're going to finish. So you might want to close your eyes. And just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you personally as I read this. My precious child, I love you more than you may ever know. I see your struggles. I see the pain, the traumas, the fear that you face. My desire is for you to live in freedom. I love to pour my goodness and mercy on you. They will pursue you all the days of your life. I gave you my only son. I allowed him to face pain and ridicule so that you, my sons and daughters, can live in freedom. Know that my power is made perfect in your weakness. Where you feel weak, come to me. Bring me your pain, your shame, regrets, guilt, fear and lies and let me set you free. I love you because I love you because I love you. You do not need to earn my love or the freedom that it brings. Let my perfect love cast out your fears and release you from bondage. All you need is faith, no matter if it's the size of a mustard seed. Bring me your faith and allow me to do great things. All I require from you is your heart. You already have mine. So be, grow, flourish, dance, accept, run your race. Be all I made you to be in my original design for you. I crafted it before you were conceived and I shaped it as you were in your mother's womb. And I've given you all you need to fulfil it. This is your time to shine. Love your heavenly father. <laughs>